This is a Radio.com original. Everything's great in your world, isn't it? Freaking Miata <laughs> driver. Yes, it's the perfect combination. We're tired of hearing about this. And Miata is always the answer, isn't it? Just buy a Miata. You're going to be happy. Do it, mod it, chop it, uh, raise it up, uh, make it an off-road machine, put nitrous on it, put, blow, put, a, put a coyote motor in it. Who cares? It's a fucking Miata. I t- totally misunderstood the video. I didn't realize it was supposed to be a satire. Uh, no, I, I watched it and I was like, sold. everybody welcome it's time for another talking about cars with randy cardoon that be me hot rod bob beck that be him is with us he's the guy waving and uh, joining also today my stepson stan fagan and you'll see why in here in a couple of minutes but also our big guest today on this episode it is a guy who you are likely well aware of if you ever watch car shows on youtube i mean there are car shows but this is a major domo car show That's right. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about regular car reviews. If you've never seen the show, you have to go on YouTube to check it out. In fact, it has that page has 731,000 subscriptions, only a mere 730,800 more than we do. So we're catching up. We've only been around for a couple of months. Joining us, the guru of the show, Brian is here with us. He is known as Mr. Regular. You know, when I get 730, when we get 735,000 more subscriptions, I'm going to start calling myself Mr. Talking. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Brian, welcome to the show. Welcome. Uh, Thank you. It's very good to be here. Thank you for being here. And I got to tell you, you have such a unique approach, and I'm sure you haven't heard that you have heard this before. You have such a unique approach to what you do. I mean, there are a lot of YouTube channels that talk about car reviews. Your position and your way of doing it is so scholarly. Is that a good word? (laughs) I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah. And, And as the show goes, you know, I understand that it started on really a situation where you did a couple of them, you let it go, you did a few more, you let it go. And tell us about how the channel got started. Uh, It got started where, oh gosh, it got started when I was in grad school, like the very first video, I was driving a 02 Toyota Echo. And uh, for those people watching this live, I got to remember, I got to go in my living room and turn off that one light in the background because I'm backlit right now. Uh, I move my head over it. It gets the, the, the yeah, a little bit, camera yeah. adjust for it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, I made a frustrate. I was frustrated that no one was making car reviews in the way that I wanted to watch them. So I went out with my camera and just ranted about my uh, Toyota Echo. Um, the video, in fact, just starts with me belching on camera. And I was excited that no one had picked regular car reviews. I'm like, awesome. I'm going to make a troll channel. You're coming to this. You're going to think you're getting just a, a plain Jane motor week, John Davis style, no nonsense stuff about affordable commuter cars. And I'm just going to talk about my dick for 10 minutes. I'm like, ha, I got you. So, mm. so that happened. I made a few of them. I, uh, 
I got a contract job to go live in Alaska uh, where I was a teacher up there. So the show just kind of stopped or rather the few videos that I made up until that point, it may have only been two of them. I think like the echo in my dad's 94 caravan. Um, and then I came back from Alaska back to Pennsylvania. I was trying to get a job during, uh, trying to get a job teaching. And that was during, uh, the corporate administration or government governor at the time. This is me getting on a soapbox. Um, he wanted to slash the education budget 50%. Now he said that so he could get the 20 that he wanted. Um, but he was just trying to balance the budget, which is something the previous governor could never do anyway. But I didn't know that's how he was going to, and I voted for the guy because I'm like, great. Cause I remember times sitting in the faculty room with some of my teachers and I was a uh, substitute teacher and a student teacher, how they were just biting their nails. Like we don't have a budget. We don't know what we're going to do. And that was governor Casey's modus operandi. He would let the budget go until after and then it, the budget would be settled like at four in the morning somewhere in Harrisburg, our state capital. Mm. So anyway, so suffice it to say, we, do, we weren't working with a big uh, education budget when I moved back from PA. I was working a little logistics job and I started making these videos again to amuse myself. And then I, uh, my friend Tom, uh, who was on track to become a professor at the time, I think he was at that point, he was already accepted the postdoc work at University of Colorado at Boulder. So I was moaning to him and like, there's just no work in Pennsylvania right now. And he said, well, just do what you want then. I mean, if you want to make those car reviews, act like it's your job and don't care. Don't worry about making money right now. Just do them as if you're there, as if it's your job and you're already successful at it. Just like so, we're doing right now, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> so we, so, so I started doing that and then it, it took about only, Two months. Now, I don't know if my story of making successful car videos is normal because uh, myself and then I brought along my friend Nick. After I, a few videos came out and they were boom, they were big hits. The Miata one, the Toyota Tacoma one. This is back in, I think, 2012 or 2013. And so I went to my friend Nick, who I was in grad school with, and I said, because Nick at the time already wrote a book or two. So um, I said, Nick, do you want to just write some lines for this Dodge of my Dodge Avenger? Uh, and so he just came up with the, um, just came up with some lines, and we're all of us are just laughing at this table like this is ridiculous, this is amazing. So okay, Nick came along, and then RCR kind of moved into a, a new phase at this point because now the writing was split between two uh, two people, and uh, but we came into writing these reviews. Um, after just doing uh, like educational research and, and uh, comparative literature analysis and like, okay, awesome. We don't have to cite anything. <laughs> Screw you APA citations. I don't even have to spell things right. It's all, it's all vocals. So that's right. So we did that. And then here we are six years later. It's not too bad. Not too bad at all. And you, again, you are having a lot of people follow you. Very popular. You were talking about some of the videos and I've looked over some of them. I think, Bob, you've looked over a few of them. Uh, the most recent one that I looked at was, and this kind of gives you an idea. A lot of people are looking for, gee, does this car have pickup? Does this car do this? Does this car do that? You talked about the uh, recent one where you looked at the Ambassador. 
Oh, and AMC okay. ambassador Brome Sedan. That's the right. Brownest of the brown. And exactly. You're owed to brown. I think yeah. that was the classic. And that should tell, if you haven't heard his stuff and seen his stuff, he will point on like a part of the car and just go off on it. And the way he does it, again, so scholarly, so, liter mm. you know, with the literature, like you're reading fine books. And, he, and again, it's very enjoyable and a lot of fun. And it's completely different than anything we've ever seen. Oh, thanks. Yeah, the thing about that one car is I couldn't believe they continued the brown theme inside the speedometer. Like, it's the same fake walnut brown that's going over the dash, and then the speedometer is brown, and there's, there's nothing that isn't a, a shade or a flavor of brown on this car. There, there I, like God, that thing sucked. I mean, I like classic cars. <laughs> I own a classic car. I have a 1960 Ford Falcon. I love it. Um, but this was the first classic car. It's like... Uh, uh, can I swear on this? Uh, or do you I prefer plays, I try, okay. I, It'll just give work for me because I'll have to edit okay. it and all that. Okay. Uh, this, this car is a punk of trash. It's, it's like I, I didn't feel special driving it. And the guy, uh, uh, Joe, who owned it, uh, he said, no one waves to you in an ambassador. <laughs> Even though it's a classic car, it's just, it just blends in. It's just this heap of sadness just <laughs> rolling down the road. What is it? 390 cubic inches or something or 360 cubic inches and all it makes is 174 horsepower yeah, yeah. torque whatever yeah, yeah. um was, was this the one similarly used on adam 12 no that was the matador that was, that was the matador the okay. ambassador was the big one that was the luxury brand so even to hear that and hear that assessment of that car is even funnier i think mm -hmm. So, yeah, and, and uh, some of the other ones, oh, Bob, by the way, you, you talked about your Falcon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mr. Beck, tell him your Falcon story. Oh. Well, I, I've had a number of Falcons, and uh, my wife and I started Southern California Falcon Club nice. many years ago. So it's part of the national organization. There's actually a national Falcon Club. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, we started SoCal Falcons. At one point in time, we had over 100 members. The club's still going strong. I'm not part of it anymore. Both of us have gotten rid of our Falcons, but mm. uh, they're fun cars. I had one in high school. I put a rumble seat in the trunk, uh, a roll cage, raised it up in the air, competition stripe across the hood. It couldn't get out of its own way, but it was oh. fun. <laughs> was, wasn't there one as well as a show we went to in Burbank? where it was a Falcon barbecue or something like that. And they, yeah, they, they, kinda, they, it, it, they took the front end of a, fifth, a 65, I think. It, it was the back of a, it was the 65 back end of a Ranchero, yeah. towed by a Ranchero, but the back end, the trailer was the barbecue. So wherever the club goes, they make their own lunches. Nice. So it, it, it's fun. Uh, it, there's a, a group of guys. Some of them are race cars. Some of them are, are hot rotted. Some of them are just totally restored stock. All of them are slow, but they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> How cool is that, huh? And of course, you also did some other ones, the Imperial, where the hubcap fell off in the middle of a turn. I thought that was yeah. highly amusing. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that really, they really do that, like from 70s action movies. It legitimately just threw its hubcap off. <laughs> <laughs> right it off went. Yeah, yeah. We, the wheels twists as you're going around a corner mm -hmm. hard and with those cars hard is a misnomer but it, yeah. if you're going around a corner yeah the, the wheel flexes the hubcap doesn't and boom it goes it's yeah. you had credited something along the lines of the miata videos that you did is kind of like a watershed moment for you mm. yeah well people picked up on that one it stayed on the top of like reddit's r cars for like a week because 
Uh, mm. <laughs> I guess everybody has Miatas and they like them. It's a good uh, follower, yeah. And this yeah. one I just poked fun about. But I, just, I poked fun. Well, I was grilling people on how they, you know, they just pat each other on the back saying that they have the greatest sports car in the world. Nothing's more pure than this. And like, we've heard it all before. So I just went further on that and tried to build up this person, this guy person who has a Miata and only likes things that are guaranteed to be liked <laughs> by everybody else. No matter where they are, they'll root for the Yankees. No matter what song is playing at a, at, at someone's house, they'll put it on dark side. Who's going to complain about that? All their posts on Facebook are about firefighters great you're just everything's great in your world isn't it freaking miata <laughs> driver yes it's the perfect combination we're tired of hearing about this and miata is always the answer isn't it just freaking buy a miata you're gonna be happy do it mod it chop it uh raise it up uh make it an off-road machine put nitrous on it put blow put a put a coyote motor in it <laughs> Who cares? It's a freaking Miata. The only one that I'm really excited about is the NB Mazda Speed. The only year it came out with a factory turbocharger. And I'm trying to find one of those. Now, um, what year was that? Oh, boy. Late 90s. And it may 90s. have been gone to like 2001. We could, we could type it up on Wikipedia right now and find out about it. Um, but that was the only year they threw, a, uh, uh, they threw uh, Mazda through a turbo on one of those. Which is, of course. It was 97. 97? Yeah. And Our speaking of that, they, they pop up on Bring a Trailer every now and then. And speaking of a guy who uh, may not root for the Yankees and may not root for the Cowboys, but because of you, because of your Mazda Vinata video, Bob yeah. One, Stan, give him your story. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I, I totally miss. I totally totally misunderstood the video. I didn't realize it was supposed to be a satire. Uh, no, I, I watched it and I was like, sold. Uh, I, I have to go find one. Um, and you're talking you know, about the 95 one, right? Stan, you were talking yeah, about the video, 95? the 95 video. Because he said, you know, you said it's like the best. Uh, oh, it's the best! Over and over and over again. And it was Brainwashing. Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, like there, there was no subtle marketing necessary. Like it was just uh. in your face. You should get this car. Uh, and, um, but I said, but that was, so my sister showed me that video initially and I just kind of, and that was when the fascination started with regular cars. Oh, okay. Um, and your channel in general. And then I saw the, because what I had at the time was a 2016 Civic Si. Okay. Um, Is that the really ridiculous pea green one? Or was that the no, other no, one? no. That was the blue one. Oh, okay. That was the, the blue, blue one. one. Follow the really ridiculous. You did that one. more than once. No, no, no. <laughs> the blue, the Civic Si was was fun, but it was like, um, you know. And I remember watching the review, the RCR review, and it kind of being like, you're testing the waters on on being a car person. You know, you're you're <laughs> now you're now you're in it. And it was like I am. And then I test drove a Miata, and it was just. It was it was the best, and so I went out and uh, yeah, it is. sold the Civic and and yeah. and got a Miata and um, found this great mechanic who helped me fix it up and and you know look, took one look at the engine and the quarter of a million miles speedometer odometer and said your engine yeah. is cooked. Mm. This needs a new everything, 
Um, and so we kind of just rebuilt this Miata and, and there you um, go. he found an engine that had like 20,000 miles on it from a nice. model year Miata. And now it's with me in Jersey. Hell yeah. Um, the best yeah, California it's, it's, Miata it's the most fun. I think. Oh, you have a California car? Oh, nice. Yeah, that's where I got it. It, it had spent a toll in California, no rust on it, nothing. And then Good now move. I'm ruining it by exposing it to Jersey. Yes, that's, what, it, that's what we do. Get, a, get an Arizona car, get a California car, or a Florida car, or, or a New Mexico car. It's Dude. like that. Eventually, I, want, I, I may replace our camera car, which is an 04 uh, Forester, with uh, either a newer Forester or uh, it would be a RAV4. Because uh, a RAV4, the rear window is electric and comes down, so I, you know, I no longer have to film through glass. But RAV4s or Toyotas, they hold their value. So if I wanted to spend money, it'd almost be easier to um, get a one-way ticket west and just buy a RAV4 out there and just have the fun of driving it home and having a guaranteed rust-free car. I mean, yeah, you, we have a few of them here. Yeah, you might yeah. find that they're, they're less expensive out here because they were so much more popular. Ah, Okay. So yeah, that, that's one thing to look at because I lived in the East for a long time and cars were actually more expensive hmm. in the East than they were here in California. And hmm. they last longer too. The paint goes hmm. away, but the car doesn't rust before your very eyes. So, nice. so Brian, did you realize that you had that power of brainwashing our youth to yeah. go buy a car <laughs> based on the way you did? I mean, did you study propaganda in, uh, in college? No, but I do have a minor in public relations, so so maybe that <laughs> worked go. a little bit. <laughs> Very good. So you had a chance to take the show, and I, and Bob and I have been kind of doing our own shows, and then we kind of melded to do Two Tired Productions a little while ago, which started this channel. But we've gone mostly in California. We've hit SEMA. We've gone to Barrett-Jackson. We've gone to some places. But you've taken your show to other countries, yeah. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about the New Zealand trip and talk a little bit about what it was like to drive their cars. Okay. Um, New Zealand, uh, they don't really have a whole lot of police and they're very reasonable down there with their speed limits because you, you would see like a back road around here would be 35 miles an hour. Down there, it would be 50 kilometers, which is what, like 45? Actually, that's not too bad of a difference. Or, yeah. or say like a two-lane state highway, maybe like 55. Theirs are 70 miles an hour. It's like their, their speed limits is the limit of safe speed on this road. Okay, don't go faster than this. Okay. And a lot of times, you'll find yourself on these roads, there's no way you can approach the speed limit. Um, you would need uh, like a Corolla FX16 with uh, sticky tires on it to get close to that. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, uh, so much fun I went back just as a personal trip. So I've been there twice. Um, uh, driving their cars, you're going to have smaller displacements, but you're going to have a lot more turbos. Um, you're going to have... Uh, I wouldn't call them aggressive drivers. It's not uh, adversarial like New Jersey or, you know, Massachusetts or anything like that. But 
they expect a lot of you. I, there's this one road between these two towns, between um, Wellington and uh, Masterton, Greytown, Carterton, um, where to get between these two towns, you have to go over this mountain range. And it's sort of like, uh, if you're in Southern California, it's sort of like Mulholland for like a half an hour or the snake for a half an hour. It's just boom, 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 boom. And there's tractor trailers on this road. And the joke is that no matter how fast you are, um, you're not going to be faster than a tradie in a van. Uh, or, you know, the tradie is their word for like a uh, contractor, general contractor. Okay. So they're going to be, because they've driven this road a million times and like a Toyota Hiace or something like that, which is, or, or a Hilux or something like that is just going to be right up on you the whole time. Uh, going down this road. I had the pleasure of doing it in cars uh, and on a zero motorcycle. So that was fun. On electric, electric vehicles are heavily, heavily subsidized in New Zealand. So you're going to see tons of Nissan Leafs, tons of BMW i3s. Teslas are just now getting there. Um, uh, but they work because um, New Zealand has tons and tons of wind power. So it's they're kind of like electric, driving electric, electrical car down there, like electric car down there um, is just going to be pennies on the dollar compared to having uh, a gas. Cause while we subsidize our gas, they tax their gas. I remember I filled like a BMW five series cost me $78. Um, like after the conversion I was like, yowch. Um, oh. Yeah. So you have a chance to drive some of these cars. Did you, when you were down there, did you drive any American looking cars, but we're all set up with Australian right hand drive and all that? You do you mean like cars that came from the U.S. and were yeah. converted? To, or, no. Well, either converted or because they they actually brought some American looking cars down there, and uh, like Ford and and Chrysler at one point actually had American cars. The Falcon. Look, yeah, the Falcon they had down there, but they can they can they built it there, so they had it as right wheel right hand drive. Right. I did drive a like a two. It, it was neat driving a. a like a 2008 Falcon. It was weird to see that name. It's like, this is a modern car. It's like, yes, it's a Ford Falcon. We, um, and the Australians and New Zealand claim, and probably rightfully so, more, more ownership of the Falcon than the US. I mean, when I had my Falcon and we uh, swapped the suspension, uh, we pulled those low, uh, lower control arms off and they said made in Australia on them. I'm like, huh. And my Falcon came from... Uh, uh, mine was the first year. Uh, it was it was an April build originally, and it was it wasn't a Dearborn car. It was an Edison car, Edison assembly New in New Jersey. So it's an East Coast car. Um, of course, mu much of my Falcon doesn't remain anymore. It's like now the only thing left is a body. It's mostly a Fox body Mustang at this point. Um, <laughs> so you just start changing one thing, and eventually you're changing like a million things on it. Uh -huh. uh, so if you drive my Falcon, it, the, the front and rear in the car aren't on speaking terms because you have coilover <laughs> race suspension in the front and you have an 8.8 rear out of a 98 Explorer in the back. Wow. Uh, disc brakes. There you go. Yep. You got disc brakes all the way around. Yep. <laughs> and so the thing stops. I don't have any seatbelts in it yet because uh, it didn't come with them. Uh, I, we were able to keep the bench seat. Uh, we only had to cut the uh, transmission tunnel a little bit, like an inch. Uh, because I got the engine and transmission. I have, it's, it now has a, a 302. Technically, it's a 50HO out of a 93 T-Bird, but um, 
we got rid of the, the fuel injection and, and all the EGR stuff. So, and now it just has a carburetor on it and that'll buck intake. So it's mo it's really a 302, not a 5.0 now. Um, and then it's running the AO Ford's AOD transmission, that thing. I'm not running a C3 or anything like that uh, just because I got the transmission. And the AOD, uh, this is like dumb nerd Ford stuff. It's so weird because, you know, Ford, the AOD came out, I think, in the 80s or something like that. And that means that Ford never had an overdrive transmission until the 80s. They just never did it. Uh, they just dealt with like rear ends, like with like the ratios of like 280 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So finally they had the AOD that wasn't computer controlled. It's just like pressure and stuff. You don't control the overdrive at all. It, it just comes in when it wants to. And you could, you could click it out and hold it out and then it'll never go in. But I, it's, but, but it was a way to have an overdrive and not inject too much modern technology into a classic car to keep the feel sort of period correct. Although the front suspension totally kills that because now the thing tracks flat. I lie. It tracks flat initially when the front end goes into a corner. The back end is still leaf springs with an air rod. So the back end kind of will come around. You could take a, on an off ramp kind of quick, but you got to remember that this, th th this body was never meant to flex like that. It, it, it has, it has some, uh, uh, Mustang frame joiners in the rear, to, uh, along the sides to join the front and rear, uh, frames and air quotes, uh, together. Um, it could really use a, a bracer in the front cause the, uh, the shock towers are now gone. It's just a K member holding the whole front of the K. Now it's a big K member, but that's the only thing that's holding the front of the car together is down below. So eh, take it easy. Um, I saw a bunch of them for sale or I could have a guy just weld it up and put it into the bolt holes up there to hold everything together. But uh, apart from that, that's, that's about as aggressively as I drive that thing. Sorry, I got still, off on a tangent. But it still looks like a Falcon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. All right. Yep. The only thing that that tells that that people will people see this and they think, oh, old car. And then some people say, what's up with those wheels are way too big because we still run in dog dish uh, wheels, but they were made made by Wheeled Antiques. So then now it's a 17 inch wheel as opposed to I forget what it was originally. 13. 13. Mm. So I have a big wheel and I have uh, I think 40 series tires on it. So I have modern tires and they're seven inches wide, but the rear tires, we didn't roll the rear fenders uh, that they're, they're sucked in. So I have a staggered setup. So people kind of see that and they go, huh? And then the more astute, they hear that thing start up and I'm like, it shouldn't be making that noise, but I don't have dual dumps on it. I have a single. So it's four into one through a Walker quiet flow. So it, it, it'll rumble through the parking lot, but when you're, once it drops into overdrive, you don't hear anything. The loudest thing you hear is the wind. So I just, you just go down the road silently. And the only really time you can have fun with it is really at a, at a stop because I'm not running a, uh, I'm running the stock camshaft. So it pulls away pretty good up to about 50. And after that, the 5.0 is kind of falling on its face. Because the AOD is, is just kicking it. It's either keeping it in third or it's kicking it into fourth. And there's no way to control second w with that transmission. It goes, you can click it down into low, but then, you know, 
your floating valves and all that sort or, or sort of stuff. It, 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 it'd be more interesting if it was, if I had like a Tremec in it or something like that, but then you'd really need bucket seats because at that point, you know, you, well, you'd probably need it because now your shifter is in a weird place. Use the S10, the S10 transmission. What's the S10? The S10 T5. It puts the shifter further forward. It clears the seat. Oh, does it? That's what I did on my, on my 63. I ran a bench seat, but with the S10 transmission, it okay. moves the shifter forward about uh, four or five inches. And when you say, I, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. When, and then I used a Hurst shifter. Okay. So it's bent to clear the, uh, the seat as well. Okay. So when you're bringing it down to second and fourth gear. Ah, nice. So when you say S10, are you referring to the Chevy pickup truck or is that a designation yeah. for it? Oh, no, it's, no, really it's that? an S10. Yeah. It's, the, uh, the T5 transmissions are all the same as far as the bolt pattern. Are they now? So it's, okay. it's, it's an easy swap. There's differences in input shafts and bearing sizes. And the, the one that's got the strongest bearing is actually the uh, Thunderbirds V6. Huh. But the S10 is a very popular swap in the Mustangs, the uh, Falcons, the Mavericks, and Comets. Huh. It moves the shifter about three, four inches forward. I like it. That's Mr. Regular in part one of our two-part interview with one of the guys behind the YouTube sensation Regular Car Reviews. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Radio.com, iTunes, and KNX1070.com so that way you can be notified when a new Talking About Cars is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. Please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, where we are Talking About Cars, and on Twitter. And on Twitter, you can find us at Talk N, the letter N, About Cars. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join us as we have some fun talking about cars.